HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the International Culinary Center, offering courses that range from classic French techniques in culinary, pastry, and bread baking to Italian studies to management, from culinary technology to food writing, from cake making to wine tasting. For more information, visit culinarycenter.com. I'm Dave Arnold, host of Cooking Issues. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load Knows that country music's gonna save your soul The groove in that rhythm and blues that sound It's gonna get you sun in the end Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte, and in the studio today... You know, this is the perfect timing for this awesome book to come out. It just uh, released yesterday. Oh, <laughs> hard edit on that, Jack. <laughs> Drop. Fine music. Um, yeah, we were just talking about uh, the this book. It came out yesterday, correct? It did. Uh, it's called Spritz. Perfect timing because now we're finally moving into spring. And it's about spritzes, spritz cocktails. And it's done by... A couple of ladies who wrote this book that are no strangers to the show, and also not strangers to Heritage Radio in general. We love Heritage. Uh, Talia Bioki and Lindsay Perso. Welcome back. Yay! Hi. That's why the song had to drop. <laughs> Good Thank times. you for having us. Yeah, dude. I, I okay. The first thing about this book, I I saw um, uh, photos of the cover. Uh, I guess a couple months ago, maybe. Yeah. And it's just the coolest. It's like it's the the greatest. I think. I don't think you even design. need to read it. Just you look don't. at it. It's, just it's look beautiful. at it. <laughs> it's got this cool, like old Italian, like decoy mid-century illustration uh, on the cover. It's it's really amazing. It's really handsome. Um, I, I, b- before we even get into the book, I, I just like what was our the- book is blushing. <laughs> you should see it. <laughs> It's it's so cool. I mean, it looks like an old like Italian like kind of like subway poster advertisement like for like a like like well like Campari or something. You know? Yeah. Well, it's it's funny you say that because when we were putting together inspiration images, we had a Pinterest board. Uh, we pinned a lot of a lot of old Campari ads, and that was it's it's a nod to to the Spritz's heritage and it's it's Italian heritage, um, and. 
we also we were also thinking a lot about um, old travel ads. You know those like deco travel ads mm-hmm. that you see in the um, European style, and and we sort of melded those two things and made a, a beautiful spritz baby. And our and our illustrator, made a beautiful spritz baby. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Allen was he he was very very kind in making such beautiful images for us. So shout out to yeah. Matthew Allen. He's awesome. He was the former creative director for Surfer Magazine, and so so much of this too is inspired by California. And so mm-hmm. it, it really made a lot of sense that we had a guy who's from Southern California. And is into surfing and loves color. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. I, I mean, yeah, because like the spritz is such a vibrant drink on its own, you know, and all the different variations are so like vibrant. It's meant to be kind of like lighter, playful, you know, refreshing. Yeah. You know? It's the and, sound of a spritz. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's, it's a really great cover. But the content of it is really cool. Why don't you tell me about like the actual, like, what was the process on this? I mean, I know that, like, to me, like, the, the, I mean, you you wrote the Sherry book, Talia, and it's an awesome. That's another Thank beautiful you. book. Um, and you guys started Punch together, and so you're no strangers yep. to the writing process and everything. But to me, it's like when I think about writing a book, I'm like, what do I know about? Crap, I know about southwestern stuff. <laughs> it's like I, I have to figure out like motorcycles. What, yeah, well, maybe I could do that. But like, <laughs> my motivations for writing a book are more based on like where I get to travel. That was a big part on, of it on for someone us. else's dime. Yeah, you know? and we we did that. Uh, <laughs> we ate up that our happened. entire book advance going to Italy. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. We well, we we found ourselves uh, often working and drinking at the same time by nature of starting punch and working really late, late hours. And we realized that we should probably not be slamming Negronis at four p.m. So. We started slamming spritzes instead. <laughs> and being the nerds that we are, we we started asking questions like, oh, okay, we're drinking this thing all the time. Where does it come from? What is the context? And we found that there wasn't a ton of information out there, uh, concrete information about about the origin. And Talia is actually, she's the expert on this. Oh, this God, area, so I'm going to let her just break it down for us. Uh, <laughs> well, we, you know, we were like, okay, well, this thing is like become this crazy phenomenon. Like the Aperol spritz has become a modern classic. And we were like, well, so what's behind all of this? Like, there's got to be a story behind this. Like, how does a drink just explode in this way? Um, And truthfully, when we set out, we weren't really sure (laughs) what we were going to find. We're like, maybe this book is going to be 10 pages. (laughs) And that's it. Um, But we found out that really the, the, first, the act of mixing water into wine goes back to the Roman era. Um, And in a way, they were sort of proto-spritzing back there. They would add, like, snow to wine. They would add seawater to wine. Um, So they were kind of creating their own spritz. But the spritz doesn't really become the modern spritz until bubbly water becomes part of the equation, which happens at the beginning of the 20th century. And then from there, uh, you know, and that's a that was born during the sort of Austro-Hungarian occupation of that area. So these soldiers coming in and trying to dilute the wines of the area as the myth goes. Venice. Venice is the area. Venice is the area. And then uh, in the 20s and 30s, it gets, it's really important, the most important ingredient in the spritz, which is the bitter. Um, and that, in a way, was Italian sort of like adding their Italianness to this drink that was born under imperial, imperialist rule. And we see throughout Italian cocktail history that, you know, really it's not just an appropriation of American cocktail culture. It was very much something of their own. And the spritz is, is a great reflection of that. That's... <laughs> 
that who knew? Is a who knew? Really great Identity explanation politics. For that. And one of the really cool things that we found out when we went to Italy and we traveled from um, from. Venice to Milan, we took a little Fiat, we packed all of our luggage into it, we drank so many spritzes. But we found that um, each area and each region in northern Italy has its own iteration of the spritz. So in the same way that you might find, you know, like different variations of a margarita in Texas or, you know, across the southwest, um, Italy has its own iterations of the spritz. So in Venice, the traditional red bitter that they use instead of Aperol or Campari is called Select. We don't get it in the United States, but that's that's the very popular version there. Aperol is almost everywhere. But when you get to Milan, Campari is by far the dominant red bitter. And at one time, there were many, many other red bitters, which we're sort of seeing a, a revitalization of with Contrato and Capoletti. And, uh, looks, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And in Venice, it's uh, you'll see on the cover if you buy our book, it's on stands and on Amazon. <laughs> um, that the the classic Venetian spritz is always punctuated with an olive, a bright green olive, and an orange slice, which is not something that we're quite used to in America. But it harkens back to that idea of eating and drinking at the same time. This little salty bit with the the bittersweet bit, um, and that's that's one of the rules of the spritz too: is to always be eating while you're drinking. Well, it's also very like just like straight up like this is what we have you know like <laughs> we have a shitload of olives we got all this prosecco and some bitters let's just throw it all together <laughs> i like pretty that. much yeah and there's i mean there that's kind of an interesting point too like you know there are certain, there are some classic cocktails like we always think of the olive going into martini mm-hmm. that's it but then there are also like different whiskey cocktails that have olives and like yeah. things like the venetian spritz and i think it's I think it's really nice, especially when you're, when you have it with Aperol. You know, you've got like the kind of like sweet with the salty, and and you know even like when you like like the like most like classic marinated olive recipe is like like rosemary and then a shitload of uh, orange peels. So yeah. it just it just makes a lot of sense. I it mean, does. when you think of it in like the the culinary side. But going back to what you were saying about that uh, eating and drinking together, of course. I mean, like that's it's. Especially with something you should, uh, you should, you should, you should. <laughs> you should yeah. And and I mean, in in most historical contexts, you you would, but I think um, American cocktail culture changed that a lot. You have a cocktail before dinner, you're yeah. drinking cocktails. You know, like day drinking is obviously a thing, and that uh, we've forgotten um, or maybe never practiced uh, eating with drinking, which is such a European idea. Yeah. Um, and I think we're seeing it more and more now with aperitivo hours pro- proliferating across the country, especially with the rise of the the bitter and the um, it, people embracing the spritz. Um, but when you sit down at a bar in Italy, you're someone's always going to put something in front of you, whether it's like a generic basket of potato chips and some olives or a gorgeous spread of charcuterie and cheese. And it's just it's that's how they're supposed to go together. Yeah, I, I wish there were. More examples of that in like American cocktail history. I mean, like the there's a really great uh, uh, a classic cocktail called the Ideal Cocktail, and it's like a, a gin, grapefruit kind of thing. But it, the classically, it was served with a side of almonds. Oh, really? Like that, like the the drink actually. Yeah, I can't. Where does that come from? I think it was Ted Saucier, but I, I, don't quote me on that. But um, yeah, the drink would come with like a side of of almonds. And that's that was the set, you know. And I really, I, I tried messing around with that. Like I, at Prime Eats, I had the ideal cocktail on for a while, 
and Garrett Richards and I would we would always like grab almonds from the kitchen. They would get really pissed off at us because uh, we're taking all of our almonds. But <laughs> but it was it was really cool, and, and especially with things like you know what we have to deal with with like the, uh, the Department of Health and uh, cross contamination and stuff like that. You can't actually like it's you know it's actually illegal in New York State to give out bar snacks. People do it. But yeah, it's the it's, idea of like different people putting their hands in there, or just, it's like not really regulated. Totally. But if you if you serve like a side of something with a cocktail, then technically is that it's, the loophole? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah a good I question. think that's right. You should be able to just have a little nice gesture. That should yeah. not be illegal. We're all touching. We're on the subway. Like, I don't <laughs> think that it's like something is going to happen elsewhere. Just let us have some free nuts. Is like the is the bread basket the considered nuts. The nuts. a loophole? Like <laughs> what, the, what's that? the bread basket. How does that work into things? Like the you know gratis. It's yours. It's yours. Okay, That's I got like, it. Thing. Like at a table. Yeah. I mean, it's, I guess sometimes at the bar, but it's like it's a thing. It's not like there. It's it's the difference of like arriving at like a dive bar and having like. A, uh, a bowl of like peanuts or like trail mix or like totally. cheesy poofs or whatever, like on the bar, and you just roll up. Poofs. Cheesy, I don't know. I don't. I don't eat. I don't, it's a poof. It's a poof. It's, it's, poof. it's poof cheese. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. Is it uh, Chinos? Is that? Well, yeah, it depends. Yes. I don't well, know. this is we're getting into different territory here. Uh, but, hey, they're orange, and we're talking about spritzes. So, like, I, I, the semantics of cheese. We're gonna make it happen. Products. We're gonna come back around to it. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think it's a great idea. Like, you know, we talk about with my, uh, with my bar, especially when I'm training new bartenders like, and uh, teaching like cocktail classes and stuff, we talk about like, you know, basically there are three different functions of a garnish. Uh, one of them is just purely like presentational, like, like, uh, little, like, you can't umbre- eat it. umbrellas and like little right. flamingos and shit like that. Totally. Um, then there's like, the uh, modifying garnish, which is something like a lemon wedge or lime wedge, something that you can like, someone will typically squeeze into a drink mm-hmm. to alter the recipe of the drink itself. And then there are the like edible garnishes, like things like olives and cherries. And yeah, I, I've I've actually seen people eat orange peels. I'm just like, what the hell? Are you I've doing? been there. That's because there's no free there's bar no snacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're so hungry that's by exactly, the end of that spritz. That's exactly where I was going with that. Yeah. I mean, the spritz is, the beautiful thing about a spritz is that it's so permutable. And we found this as we were traveling through Italy, everybody having their, their different iteration and nobody's measuring a spritz. Mm-hmm. Like nobody is, is jiggering a spritz in Italy. You, you throw in the Campari uh, and then at the same time that you're pouring Prosecco, you've got the soda gun going and it's almost like you know, a club highball mm-hmm. and they can serve dozens of them at a time. It's obviously very economical, but it's also sort of the freewheeling spirit, the sort of laissez faire spirit of the spritz that you can just throw ingredients in a, in a glass and it's all going to taste good at the end. Yeah. It's really hard to you fuck, can't it, fuck up. it up. Yeah. You cannot. <laughs> Thank and God. I, I mean, and if you, if you are going to fuck it up, I mean, you just flip the bottle of Aperol around and the recipe is there. It's three, yeah. two, one. Exactly. Exactly. Or just pour more in. Like just, whatever. Yeah. Just add more prosecco. Just adding stuff until it's right. Yeah. 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 yeah like I just had four of these on accident. Which is essentially when when we were testing recipes, we like we got every bottle in the apartment out. I mean, aside we we mixed a little hard booze, but we had all of the liqueurs, all the weird stuff that we just never used before, and we just like we just tried it all. 
That's beautiful. And it pretty great. much everything tastes good when you pour a bunch of Prosecco over yeah. it. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Dave Wondrich was in the studio about a month ago or so, and you know, I, I told him on the show, I was like, man, you know what's really great about the book and vibe is that like, pretty much every classic cocktail that you talk about, well, of course, they're all classic cocktails. It's about Jerry Thomas. But I was like, man, I really like your writing style because at the end of every paragraph about this cocktail... You're like, and it's not bad with a little bit of champagne on top. Yeah. <laughs> That's and true. Just keep saying it. And I'm like, yeah, just you're right. Just put some champagne on it. Yeah. yeah, Prosecco, champagne, cover, whatever. Let's take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll continue talking with Leslie and Talia about spritzes. I This one's called Lazy L.A. by Odetta Hartman. We'll be right back. Center is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network.org. The ICC, with locations in New York and California, provide cutting edge education to future chefs, restaurateurs, and wine professionals. We're proud to claim Dan Barber, Bobby Flay, and David Chang among our honored alumni. This is Dorothy Can Hamilton from Chef Story. Check out our ICC website at internationalculinarycenter.com. And we are back. You are listening to The Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network, and I have Leslie Perizzo and Talia Baiuki in the studio talking about spritzes. Before we took the break, uh, we were kind of joking around about Dave Wondrich's uh, take on, you know, topping everything off with champagne, calling it Royale. Um, when 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 I opened Grand Army, um, I had an, uh, my, my first draft of the menu, I had a, a little kind of like footnote on it. And it was like a like a two dollar upgrade. It was like make it a royale to to every yes. cocktail. And uh, yes, to cause, that because yeah, because you can do that, right? <laughs> but even the even the the royale that I had on the menu, you just make it more royal. You could add more you champagne. Add to more it. champagne. Uh, so that's pretty sweet. Um, <laughs> so outside of the 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 research you did in Italy, checking out all the different regional um, styles of making spritzes and stuff. Uh, I guess this is a good way to transition into what you found domestically, and, and not just domestically, but like the the modern uh, spritz variations. So, I mean, clearly, uh, with having Punch Magazine, you have been doing a lot of research with a bunch of different bars, bartenders around the world, and uh, and and also having spritzes at the office, of course. Yeah. Um, so, what what was your process with uh, collecting all these different recipes and getting getting it turned into uh, the selection of cocktails you have in the book. 
Well, we we had been drinking a lot of spritzes, and because we were sort of turned on to the nature of, of looking really closely as our jobs at cocktail history in America and what was going on currently, um, we, we just kept seeing it popping up in a lot of places. Um, most notably, uh, we noticed at Nightcap when Natasha David opened that bar with um, Alex Day and Dave Kaplan and the, the whole proprietors team that she she's a huge champion of the spritz, as is Alex Day. And she had a whole dedicated section to spritzes, which we got really psyched about. And we ended up having dozens of meetings there, and we always strayed toward the spritz section. So she was doing some really cool stuff. She was also, you know, adding, like, her style is very specific. She likes to add a lot of syrups, a lot of infused things. And it sort of pumped up the nature and formalized the nature of the spritz, which we really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones that really, like, inspired us along yeah. the way. But she, she also is a huge fan of, like, low ABV cocktails. Totally, yes. And I think that's one of the coolest things about spritzes, too, is that, like, for, for you to be able to put out a book about spritzes is awesome. How far we've come, How far right? we've come. Because, like, you know, 10 years ago, it was like, we're going to drink an overproof whiskey Manhattan. That's that's yeah. what we're doing now. Yeah. You know, and to, you know, a decade later, now be completely, like, comfortable with drinking low ABV cocktails. That's that's incredible. Yeah. You know, with things like the bamboo cocktail. I mean, of course, with your sherry book, you know, that's a lot of low ABV cocktails totally. and it's it's awesome that we can actually like enjoy stuff like this and you know it and it goes back to a very european style of drinking because it's it's like a marathon you know it's it's not about like getting to the finish line it's it's, it's going the distance going the distance yeah man <laughs> the the interesting thing too is that i think you know when we first set out to write the book we were like okay well what defines a spritz Mm-hmm. Because there is no like exact definition. First of all, it was never really a recipe until Aperol put it on the back of the bottle. It was a regional way in which she would serve wine. It was sort of a perspective on the aperitif that was unique to uh, northeastern Italy. And so no one's actually gone out and been like, this is what a spritz is. And for us, you know, when you look at the book, we have the, the classics, then we have modern drinks, then we have cousins. Because for us, it was really about drinks that were low ABV, bitter, and bubbly. Mm-hmm. So that opens up the door to talk about a whole lot more. Like your drink, the Americano Perfecto is in there and it's, you know, two types of vermouth, Campari and, you know, beer. Yeah. Um, and that's in the book because to us, and, that's and still in the category. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Well, we were, we were like our very first photo shoot ever, maybe our second photo shoot. We made the Americano Perfecto and we were like, oh shit, this thing is beautiful. Yeah. And it was one of the first cocktails that came to mind when we were, when we were talking about a spread. And it we, was the inspiration for the book. You can it say was, it. Yeah. It, it, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. This book would not exist without you. Um, but when we we started out really testing all of these recipes, and we along the way, we, these are the, the sort of like trademark things that we were looking for. Low ABV, bubbly, and, and bitter. <laughs> and then after we tested all of these recipes and we decided, um, you know, what we really liked, they sort of aligned themselves into categories, which is how we came up with, I mean, classics, obviously you've got the Venetian spritz, you've got the Negroni Spagliato. Um, and then we, we, from there we went to modern. So modern to us was something that like you were keeping the basic blueprint of what a spritz was, which is, um, usually Prosecco, a bitter element and low ABV. 
and wine, then, and usually wine and wine. Mm-hmm. Exactly. There's something wine based in there, whether yep. it's it's sherry or it's prosecco or it's actual wine. And then from there we went to cousins, which were things that still felt spritzy, things that felt like that they like if you saw it on a menu and you didn't know what was in it and tasted it, you were like, oh, that's definitely a spritz. Mm-hmm. And that's where that's where we place the americano perfecto because it's actually a beer cocktail. And we've got a lot of others that are, you know, the the base is is something else like uh, gin or uh, we have this Gropino in there, which is a, a classic vodka and sorbet cocktail with Prosecco. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. And wh- I think one of the things to mention about all of these two is that... When you buy your copy of Spritz, <laughs> these are all like these are all jumping off points. Like, yeah. like we said, you cannot mess up a Spritz. So, like, if you like the looks of something, but you want to switch out a recipe or an ingredient, by all means, do it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's that's kind of where. Well, my drink, the Americano Perfecto. That's where it came from. I was like, you know what? Yeah. How did you come up with that? I was like, I love Americanos, but we can make it really American and just put. Pilsner in it. Yes. <laughs> just put beer in it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that w- there was definitely a little inspiration from Dave Wondrich's uh, Make It a Royale. Um, but the, uh, you know, there's so many. And going back to like Natasha David's menu at Nightcap, um, I, I just, I, we, I've had, had so many great conversations with her about like her. And, and not sure, but like a lot of a lot of bartenders, like over the last few years, about the low ABV cocktails, and you know, for it's, it's it it goes back to what you were saying about having like food with with your your drinks too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like mm-hmm. and and having you know, I, I don't like doing shots. First of all, uh, I, I do them <laughs> begrudgingly. Begrudgingly, um, but like I usually like everyone knows I like Fernet Branca or, or just Fernet and bitters in general. And so, like anytime I walk into, I mean, I have a Fernet Branca tattoo. So anytime I walk into a bar, all of a sudden there's just Fernet. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's great. But I usually like step I, I'll, I'll, I'll take oh. I'll, I'll like two step them. I'm from I'm from Oklahoma. We did the two step, uh, so I'll take it in two two turns. But I think that's also from like kind of like getting older and like just wanting. T- I want to be able to hang out, you know, for uh, a longer period of time. Yeah, and yeah. You're not like, looking to like get black like out in the first quit it two hours. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But we've been there and we've done that. Totally. You know? Yes. Um, <laughs> you like leisure, I think, is what you're trying to say. Yeah, and like that's to me, you know, especially this time of year, and with the sun shining, mm-hmm. and I want to be outside. I want to be sipping mm-hmm. on. Something like a spritz or an americano with my buds, and uh, you know, enjoying the day, mm-hmm. and yeah. and also the, the living my, the spritz life. Yeah, living the spritz life. <laughs> Hashtag. Uh, <laughs> there's something to be said about day drinking that is we haven't really brought up yet on mm-hmm. this show. Um, I, if I had it my way, whiskey wouldn't have alcohol in it, and I would just drink it all the time, uh, just because I like the way it tastes. And the other thing would be, I would never, ever go out at night. I would just drink during the day, yeah. take care of everything else at night, somewhere else. <laughs> but like, it's so much, it's so much better to have a drink during the day. 
and and hang out during the day. Yeah. I wish we could just without like, the six p.m. hangover. Yeah, exactly. Ugh, that's it's the, the worst. worst. And you're like in bed by eight. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, <laughs> and you wake up the next day. You're like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, the the spritz gives you the best of both worlds because you can. It's really meant for that liminal hour between yeah. work and play, mm-hmm. and you can you can keep the night going if you want to. But the spritz is really meant to be drunk during the golden hours, and like yeah. it's it's like such a beautiful way to wind down from work and just like say I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> just yeah. drop the mic like Jack did. Well, speaking of which, uh, we're about to hit that golden hour and yeah. and I'm really happy to have the two of you Thank back you. at my bar at Grand Army. Thank you. Uh, yeah. We're gonna you guys be are listening. Yeah. Um we uh, we're gonna go hang out there for happy hour, right? From yes. five to seven, yes. and we're gonna have a menu of different spritz options, and uh, including your americano perfecto. Woohoo! That's awesome. That's so <laughs> nice. Um, Jack, you coming? Whoa, hey, uh, yes. <laughs> That's right. Yes, because I don't want that 6 p.m. Uh, hangover that you guys spoke of. As soon as you said that, the feeling like yeah. shot into me and I had these dark flashbacks. Sorry. Right on. Well, yeah. we're going we're gonna to go there now. Uh, check out the book, Spritz, um, everywhere. It's going to be everywhere because it's awesome. Um, and thanks again for coming on the show today. Thank you. It's been really great to have you back in the studio. And... Miss you on the Speakeasy, but also miss you on Heritage Radio Network. So, I know. We'll so, be back again. We'll be back. Absolutely. All right. That's it for the Speakeasy this week. Come to Grand Army tonight from 5 to 7. We'll be hanging out with Talia and Leslie, drinking a bunch of spritzes. And Jack's even going to be there. That's it. Cheers, y'all. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.